this little mantra, I guess you could call it. And it's, we, we, we say to ourselves that we're happy, healthy, holy family. We live joyfully. We believe our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. And we want to be the epitome of health. And we know that God calls us to be holy as he is holy. And we want to pass that on to our children. So that's how this happy, healthy, holy family came to be. So yesterday, trying to live this out, we turned out to the park near Town Beach, ready to do park run. Now, park run is a five-kilometre walk or run, whichever you prefer, with a whole bunch of other people from our community. And I always find it so interesting. Some people, like, they set out running and they run the entire way. That's not me. Others sprint at the start only to realise they can't continue the pace and so then they slow down or maybe even stop altogether. Others turn up with the intention of just putting one foot in front of the other foot no matter how long it takes them. You know, many of us here today will have heard the saying that life is a marathon, not a sprint. It's about enjoying the journey so that we can reach the finish line. So this morning, I want to talk about that. So yesterday, while I was running my first park run in quite a long time, it was tough, let me tell you, and I can feel the results of that today. And as my family had all run off ahead of me and deserted me, I know, I was a slow one, I looked around and I saw the beautiful ocean and the hills, and I so badly wanted to quit. I wanted to give up, but God called to me, Becky, look to the hills. Where does your help come from? Your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. God's like that, isn't he? He calls to us and reminds us of these things. Well, sometimes life is grand, And sometimes life is not, and it can feel like one heck of a hill to climb. We've all had those hard hill climbs, haven't we? But there are also the days in which we do ask for help. Hills are good for teaching, for strengthening, for endurance, for determination, for reminding us that we don't run alone that God runs with us. So as we run hills, we run towards our help, the maker of heaven and earth. And then we rest, but we keep on running. So I want to encourage you today to keep on running, to keep going, run with endurance 
Every step you take, you're making progress. Pete and I have this thing that we say if we turn up to the gym, even if we don't do that well at the gym, well, we turned up. We're making progress. Sometimes it's about turning up. But our temptation, or at least my temptation, I assume others of you may be in the same boat as me, is to look at the other runners and think, oh, they can run faster, like my family. They can run further. Look at their technique. They're a better leader. They're a better musician. They're a better sportsman. They're a better friend, a better mother, father. But... Comparison only ever leads to disappointment. It is the thief of joy and the enemy of creativity. Friends, we need to be determined to run our own race. You are not your mother, your friend or your colleague. So run that race. Run the race that God has called you to. And he will continue to equip, he will continue to equip you for the race that he has set before you. If you run that race, you'll be better at it. You won't accomplish your race, your purpose, God's plan for you by looking at others, by stay and, and comparing yourself to them, but stay in your own lane and run your race. Have you ever had one of those nights where you have been super tired but kept awake by a particular thought or a particular issue that is just floating around in your head? I'm seeing some nods out there. Well, I can distinctively remember one morning when we lived in our old house and waking up that morning and putting my shoes on and going for a run. And we had some cracker hills around that house, let me tell you. But as I ran, God reminded me, fix your eyes on me, Becky. And you know what I found? When I fixed my eyes on Jesus, I could keep putting one foot in front of the other foot. But when I took my eyes off Jesus and thought about that issue, I had to stop. I could not keep going. It slowed me down. It took the momentum out. As we fix our eyes on Jesus, we turn away from everything else and we turn towards our helper, Jesus. Our problems become less powerful When we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, we can run the race set out for us. Someone once said to me, I can't remember who it was, so that's what you say when that's the case, isn't it? But they said, don't talk to God about your problem, talk to the problem about God. If we lift up our eyes, we know who we're running to. And you know, this amazing thing happens when we do lift up our eyes. You see, our chin follows when we lift up our eyes and our shoulders go back 
We stand up a little straighter. It gives us this posture of confidence as we look to the hills where our help comes from, to Jesus. As we lift our eyes, as we attune our ears to the shepherd's voice, God reminds us, you're not alone. I am with you. I see you. God reminds us that he is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. He reminds us that the same power that rose Christ from the dead lives in us. Salvation Army, eyes on the prize. As we run those hills, we need to lift up our eyes and keep running to our help. When your eyes are on the prize, you know you're perfect. And you know, I think someone that really illustrates this for me is the queen. In this world in which so many other leaders and, and uh, you know, like big people in society that we look to have fallen or made mistakes or things happened, the queen has lived a life of consistency, of integrity, of faith, even in spite of some of those interesting moments in her own life, in her family's life. She has kept her eyes on the prize. She has run her race and she has declared to the world of her faith. You know, sometimes in order to follow Jesus, we have to surrender ourselves completely. We have to put some things aside. Some days it might be emails or housework, chores, TV, work tasks. Sometimes it requires this reordering or reprioritizing in our life. The Bible tells us that sin so easily entangles us. I don't know if you've ever walked into a spider's web. Have you had that feeling and you've got all these bits on you and you're like, ah, trying to pull them all off? The sin so easily entangles us. It clings to us. And if I take my eye off the goal, that can be what happens. Whether it's sin, whether it's inconsequential activity, whether it's a weight or an obstacle, if it doesn't help you run the race that God has set out for you, if it doesn't help you become a better disciple of Jesus Christ, then we need to get rid of that. We need to throw away all that hinders us and run the race that God has set before us. Sometimes it's our very selves that we need to throw off. Success, fruit, busyness, all these things can stroke my ego. They can increase my self-worth and, and daily I need to lay myself down. Remember that only God saves not by my energy, it's not by my capacity, but it's only by the grace of God. But actually, it's in my weakness that God moves. 
that God saves, that God gets the glory. You know, salvation runs for everyone. We need to continually surrender our capacity and capability to attune our ear and our God to be God, to be a follower of Jesus in its truest sense. So if it's in the way, get rid of it. Well, we are not alone in any of this. There have been many that have gone before us and proven that it is possible. And that story that Cheryl shared of the father, do you remember seeing that on TV? This guy running his race and all of a sudden he hurts himself and the dad tries to come down and the security's like, no, no, you can't. He's like, but that's my son. I've got to get there. It was such a powerful moment. And just like that son with his dad, we are not alone. We have each other. And we want to be people who believe the best for each other, who value each other, who champion one another and cheer each other on. We are not alone. You have all these people gathered around you, alongside the sidelines of your race. And they give you the best high fives that you've ever got. They shout, go for it. You can do it. By faith, you can finish the race. They know it can be done. And they hold out their wounds and their joys as they cheer, run, run. Just imagine if everyone had just one person in their life who believed the best for them who cheered them on, what a difference that would make. Every runner needs a coach, right? And we have someone who has gone before, truly God, truly human, who wants relationship with us, who brings healing, who brings wholeness, who detangles us from our sin, who lifts our shame, who brings hope to the brokenness, who sets us free who brings rest, who loves us and calls us sons and daughters, who wants to run the race with us. And his name is Jesus. He promises to always be with us, that we are not alone. But, you know, we've got to finish the race. We've got to actually Cross that line. And at one of our last calls, we used to run this fundraising event that we called the Big 50. And people had to walk 50 kilometres. It's a long way. It's like walking from here to Kempsey. I know. And this one guy, his name was Andrew, he set out hard. <laughs> like really hard. He did not pace himself at all. And he was struggling just to put one foot in front of the other. And even though he started that race with a bunch of people, 
He was so far ahead at one point that there was no one there to encourage him, no one there to cheer him on, no one to say, keep going. But eventually, people caught up and his wife came alongside him and people were saying like, it's okay, you've, you've done well, you've done your best, it's okay, you can drop out now. And his wife knew, oh no, he would not be happy with that. He did not want a do not finish against his name. And so his wife got him going like no one else could and just kept him putting one foot in front of the other. You know, whether we cartwheel, whether we run, whether we barely crawl across the finish line, we have to finish. I can tell you, I certainly did not cartwheel across that line yesterday. I struggled across the line, but I did finish. And what a relief. I cannot tell you how relieved I was. What a relief and joy that brought. And I don't think it's any different in the race of life. So church, since you are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, we are cheering you on. Throw off everything that entangles. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Get rid of those things and run. Run with perseverance because you're making progress. Run the race marked out for you, fixing your eyes on Jesus. Chin up, eyes high, shoulders back, who is the author and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Friends, this is the gospel. Friends, this is our message. Jesus ran his race so that we can reach the finish line. So I wonder this morning, what are your eyes focused on? Or what distraction is entangling you? What's taking you away from Jesus rather than enabling you to run your race towards Jesus? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And yet you humbled yourself to even death on a cross. You humbled yourself so that we can run 
our race with you, alongside you, so that we don't have to run our race by ourselves. You humbled yourself so that we can look to the hills where our help comes from. Lord Jesus, I pray today that you would give us the courage, that you would give us the stamina, that you would help us keep our eyes fixed on the prize so that we can continue to run the race which you have marked out for us. In Jesus' name I pray.